Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Robert Acosta speaking, and we welcome you to our Friday program, November 21, 2014, called Novel Ideas. We meet in the Book Nook Room. Novel Ideas will be discussing the book Hold Tight by Harlan Coben, C-O-B-E-N, D-B, 66538. Below is the synopsis from Bookshare. Tia and Mike Bay, B-A-Y-E, never imagined they'd become the type of overprotective parents who spy on their kids. But their 16-year-old son, Adam, has been unusually distant lately, and after the suicide of his classmate Spencer, they can't help but worry They install a sophisticated spy program on Adam's computer and spy program on Adam's computer, I'm sorry, and within days they are jolted by a message from an unknown correspondent addressed to their son. Just stay quiet and all will be safe. Meanwhile, browsing through an online memorial for Spencer, Betsy Hill is struck by a photo That appears to have been taken on the night of her son's death, and he wasn't alone. She thinks it is Adam Bay standing just outside the camera's range, but when Adam goes missing, it soon becomes clear that something deep and sinister has infected their community. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, we're very glad that you're joining us tonight uh, to discuss this great book. Our host is Randy Shelton. Her email is rshelton, S-H-E-L-T-O-N, 820 at com. should you wish to communicate with her and suggest books for future reading. Uh, it's my great privilege and honor to turn the program over to our hostess, Randy Shelton. And let me unlock this, Randy, please. Hi, everybody. Bob had asked me to go over the characters. Um, there were a lot in this book, and I think I got them all. But as the Newswire said, it's we have Mike and Tia, Adam and his sister Jill, and then Betsy and Ron Hill and Spencer. Um... Then there was Mike's colleague, Elaine Goldbar, Goldbar, who was a doctor in his clinic. Susan Loriman, whose son, Luke, or Lucas, needed a kidney transplant. And um, Joe Lewiston, who was the teacher... <coughs> At the, a teacher at the school, Jill's friend Yasmin and her father Guy Novak, <clears throat> the DA was Paul Copeland and Lauren Muse was the police chief, I think, or assistant DA. Um... Then we have Mary Ann, who was one of the victims, and Reba Cordova was the other one, and um, there's a another cop that I think his last DJ I think was the son was it John Huff. Anyway, there was a cop and his son who were on the wrong side of the law. Um, And then Nash and Pietra. Nash was the, was Joe Lewiston's brother-in-law, whose wife had died suddenly, and Nash had vowed to supposedly protect Joe and the rest of the family and Pietra or Pietra I think was the girl that Nash had as his accomplice um 
If I've missed anybody, any you, the, if anybody thinks of anybody else I've missed, just you can just fill us in as we go along. But um, we can go around and see what everybody thought of this book. Who was Mo? Oh, I forgot about Mo. Mo was um, Mike's friend. This is Sherry. There was also um, the woman investigator, and I can't remember her name right now, and that Tremont who was kind of the chauvinistic pig cop who kind of mis, um, mishandled the initial investigation of the death of Marianne and Reba Cordova. Um, and also there was the, a bouncer. I forgot his name, too. I had read this book a long time ago, but I really, really liked it a lot. So when this came up, I kind of skimmed through it again to kind of refresh my memory as to what happened and everything because there were some things I'd forgotten about. And the thing that really impresses me about this author is even the minor characters, like that bouncer, he really makes you feel like you know these characters. Even though they're not that, well, they're important to the story, but he doesn't have to say that much. He just is such a good writer that you feel like you know these people just from a brief paragraph or two of his description. And I thought the plot really held together. I mean, maybe one could argue there were a few coincidences, but, you know, that's kind of what you expect in a book like this. He's going to pick the things that go together like that. And I just, I really thought it was a great book. I agree with you. I think that I'm going to read more of this man's writing. He's a great writer. Uh, what about uh, Rose? Is it Rose who ran the the safe house? Or did you, you might have mentioned her, though. Uh, and don't feel bad. There's a lot of characters. Uh, and he leads you in different directions. I must say, I thought Mo was the culprit for a while. I didn't know where this thing was going. And uh, we'll probably get into the plot and everything. But uh, I just thought, on the whole, I really enjoy him. And I'm going to read other books by him. Great choice. Yeah, I enjoy it, too. I, mean, I, like, I like Harlan Coben. I mean, uh He's had a few that I've really liked, and there's there's been one or two. I read one from Audible by him a couple of years ago that guy had a horrible narrator, and it was just, it was just terrible. I'm I'm not sure he was up to his his usual game, but th- this was good. This was enjoyable, and uh, I think I think uh, Randy did mention the the chief investigator. Wasn't her name something like Lori Muse, maybe? And then and then also the other character is is Jill Bay, the the, the daughter who who. Uh, who ends up killing the bad guy? So you know, uh, uh, I liked her, but uh, uh, yeah, he, he he did a good job. He kept the he, he kept the mystery working, and 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 the story the story I thought was pretty believable. Uh, it it didn't get too over the top and stuff, and it just and he does a really good. You're right, he does a really good job, Sherry, of fleshing out his characters. I think, and uh, uh, like you said, that 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 bouncer from a couple of doors down, I, I liked him too, and. Uh, and I liked Mike a lot too. He 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 was a good strong character and uh, 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 yeah, a, a good read. Yeah, I don't know if it was just me. I think it maybe it was my fame, frame of mind or something, but I had a hard time connecting. And I but I think it was all the characters and like uh, I believe Bob, you said that it was uh, you know kept going in all these different directions, and I had a hard time keeping up. But I did in, enjoy the book, and I've read other books by Harlan uh, Colbin, and I've enjoyed what I've read. But I just had a hard time um, connecting for some strange reason. But uh, it was good. It was a good plot line, but I I got confused a lot. I'll only add. I I don't want to belabor the character Anthony if we haven't said it is the bouncer and yes he gives us a little uh, thing about Anthony but he's very important in the book as you remember and then I forget the killer the other guy who was going to kill him he had a gun on those guys and I forget his name but he was there too Rosemary was the woman who had the the drug ring going on and Nash was the killer, and was, I'm trying to think, was there somebody else besides him and the woman? I only remember him, he, and Pietra, and I want somebody to tell me why they kill Reba. Okay, Marianne, I understand. I guess maybe only thing I can think of is that, they, that Nash was afraid that Marianne had told Reba, you know, follow the DVD or whatever, but... That was just 
incredible mother of you know kids she was just shopping at the mall having a great time and sounded like a nice lady her husband sounded like a nice guy i forget his name but um i i couldn't connect that one very well i don't know i guess harlan had to kill a second person there hopefully you guys can hear me it was carson the guy that mike broke his nose um and yeah, I think that, that he killed Reba because of what she knew or what she might have known. And I really did like this book. Um, I've never read this author before. I wanted to read it on Audible, and they had it there, but they took it off for some reason. Well, I, uh, I, I did read the book, which uh, not, I don't normally like suspense stories too much, but I did, and he's a very good writer. I think he cluttered up with too many subplots it's like a he has a cast like a shakespearean play most of it all these interrelated uh characters but he kept track of them everything didn't come out perfect like they like to have plays at the end uh, adam's still having problems and so on so i think it was very realistic for all the problems they had yeah uh I don't really know why he killed Reba either, other than the fact that maybe he thought Marianne had shared that uh, the tape with her. But the guy was just Looney Tunes. I mean, he he was just crazy, like like he kept referring about the crazy coming out and stuff. And it really made no sense that he kept he kept mentioning to the women right before he killed him something about Cassandra, which they had no clue who he was talking about because that was his that was his dead wife and stuff. So that, that didn't really make any sense. But then. I'm not sure crazy people uh, uh, make a lot of sense. I think he killed Reba because he had tortured Marianne, and he probably had her tell him all of her friends' names, and Reba was one of them that was local and involved in the school, so there was a connection there. I thought he could have left out the subplot about the neighbors, Susan Lorman and her sick son with cancer or whatever he had, and the transplant and the you know the fact that she had been raped and all this stuff. I guess it, they sort of tied it together by having it be the Cassandra's brother, but I thought that was probably the only weak subplot that could have been left out. Oh, yeah. Was it Cass- – wait, let me go over it. Was Cassandra's brother uh, Luke's uncle? Was that the deal? I mean, he was the father. Am I Have I got that right? Yeah, I remember. He, he either raped Susan or whatever. Yeah, I'm not sure where Luke fit in. I mean, it sounded – you know, it's – a Oh, will he get the transplant? But I don't see what he had to do with too much of it. Uh, Susan was attractive. Everybody liked her looks and everything. Uh, But she didn't know about the DVD or anything. I think the teacher, who I thought was a great... I thought it was Fred Lewiston, but I'll go with you, Randy Joe, if if he is. I thought he was a great teacher at first. Uh, Okay, he made the mistake of calling... uh, Whatever her name is. Yasmin Hairface... The teachers can do crazy things. You're, you're frustrated. I've never did that, thank God. But um, uh, then uh, Marianne and those guys will get him. You know, we're gonna we're gonna really get him. And that other woman was after him too. Who I can't remember. Not Tia, but who, oh, I can't remember. Or maybe not Betsy. Is another woman who said, "I'm going to get you too." Uh, but Fred disappointed me. I'm not clear. It, it, Nash promised. Cassandra, that whatever the family wanted, he would deliver for them. And I guess she told the family because Fred just said, uh, you know, this Marianne's bothering me. And then when they when they uh, identify her finally, you don't see Joe, I'm sorry, the teacher coming forward at all. I mean, that was weird. And uh, yeah, I guess, Sherry, if I were being tortured and they said, who are your friends and I mentioned you, you better start running. But it's it's a little But You're right, because it was local. Uh, Marianne told uh, her girlfriend, Reba, and that was sealed her death. But I, I don't have any um, understanding of Fred. It looks like he got away with it, right? Yeah, Joe Lewiston, um, when, I first, when he first made that mistake, I kind of cut him a lot of slack for the reasons you mentioned, Bob. People, you know, make mistakes and screw up, and he felt really bad about it. But then later, the more you read about him, he, he's just such a weak, sniveling little coward. I mean, even when he found out that Nash was killing people, he tried to stop him. But 
I don't know. He just didn't do enough, I didn't think. And he handled the, the whole tape thing wrong by blocking his wife's email. That was who else was after. That got, His wife, Lewiston's wife, Dolly, I think her name was, was after Novak because she thought Novak was bothering her husband and stuff. And I, yeah, I didn't like Lewiston at all by the end of the book. I didn't either, and I wonder if maybe he didn't put Susan Loram in, in the book because somehow he had to bring Eileen Goldfarb into it so that when they found the the prescription pads and they would they would then start investigating the clinic and um I don't know, it's kind of a reach to do that, but I wonder if there was some connection there that I couldn't figure out why he put that in there either because it didn't tie into it except that Nash's brother was the one that was the boy's biological father but she couldn't you really didn't even know that this all was tied together till the end yeah I guess they had to have uh uh, an out for the Lewiston guy to do something nice about donating a kidney or something for the boy that was dying. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean that, that that was a that was a bit of a stretch. But uh, yeah, uh, he he was. You're right, sure. He he was very weak. And uh, I I want to say I want to cut him some slack. But man, teachers got to be so careful when they're dealing with uh, teenage girls, especially or young girls. Because one little comment like that can 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 in fact ruin a life. I mean, I know it's up to the the child to get above that and stuff. But man, I felt so bad for 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 Yasmin having to deal with that because kids can be so cruel and and that could and it, can, and it really can uh, you know turn a life around if you're not careful what you say. And teachers got to be really careful. And he obviously, as Sherry said, it, it, you know. He he was he was the master of the rationale when it came and he found out what his brother-in-law was doing. Oh well, you know maybe I shouldn't say anything because yeah, man, I don't want to get in any more trouble and stuff. So yeah, he he was a he was kind of a loser. But I've, I'm sorry to be looking like I didn't read it. I did read the book a month ago, but I think my retrieval system's getting messed up as I get older. Who called the police at the end? Did Joe call the police? Who called the police to save Tia and Novak and the girls? It was Jill. She ran. She escaped from the basement and ran upstairs and called nine one one and then got the gun. I think, right? Right. It was Jill. Yeah, she sees the gun. She she ran upstairs and called him. That Jill was really good. Yeah, she was. <clears throat> excuse me. She was smart. Just and she was the one sending all those anonymous emails to Guy Novak, telling him about the to please move his gun, which it turned out, thank goodness he didn't, because she was able to find it. Of course, she was sending the other emails, too, that her mother finally figured out later, the one that was sent to Adam about the party. Yeah, but that's believable. 11-year-olds would do that. They they felt like, we're, you treat us like a baby, and we know more than you think. You know, now, I mean, obviously, they can't sit down and say, we think your brother's in a drug ring and all that. But uh, I believe that. they Those kids can do it. You know, they she strung them with these anonymous emails. Yes, I remember that. So, so I'll ask the obvious question, I guess. Uh, none of us who were parents would would ever use, would ever do use spyware like, like on our kids, would we? Uh, I, I hope. I'll let you down. No, there was an internet when my son was uh, younger, but I'm not sure I wouldn't. I I might use it. I I you know if he was into drugs or I believed it, I would move heaven and earth to f- try to find. I guess my policy is, and when I taught government and law and youth, there's no privacy in my house. It's my house. I kids told me we have signs in our door, Mister Costa, saying no one goes in. I said, oh great, I would just kick your door in if you don't like it, leave because. The house belongs to the family. I I wouldn't deliberately raid unless I lost trust, and there were times when I didn't trust my son. So I probably would have. Yeah, I'm sorry to let you down, Alan. Well, I never. I was pretty lucky with my kids, but uh, if it needed be, I would have done the same thing. <laughs> Don't even talk. His girls were angels. I didn't live with them all, but they were just always wonderful girls. 
And my son's okay. But he had his moments as teenagers with marijuana and stuff, the kids. And I didn't let it just sit there. I found some once while I'm telling secrets. And I threw it out. And he says, Dad, did you see a package? I said, you mean the one I threw out? Don't you dare bring him this stuff in again. Well, yeah, I mean, I, it, every situation's different of that. And I know they tried to make it black and white in, in the book and stuff. But in the end, you have to decide when the time is to intervene and what methods to intervene with because uh, you, you don't want your uh, you don't want your kids uh, uh, doing something that's going to cause them to ruin their lives and stuff. But I, I have to say that uh, I'm not sure I would advocate. I mean, at some point, you, you got to realize you got to raise them the right way and they've got to make decisions, including the wrong ones at some point in time. The question is, when is that and when do you let go and stuff? Because uh, you can't be looking over their shoulders the rest of their lives. I, I totally agree, but respectfully, who cleans up the piece? What does my son do at 4.30 in the morning when he holds his car? He calls the old man. He called me. He didn't call his friends. He said, Dad, check it out. I'm okay, but you're not going to like this. You know, I'm glad he came to me, but my point is that's what happens if I just put him on ignore. I had to pick up the pieces later, and it wasn't always enjoyable. We got through it. And it wasn't because I was blind. Everybody said, oh, well, you couldn't see it. No, no. There were parents all over the condos where I lived. We had meetings. And, it, and some of the kids really pulled some stuff. One parent had to lock, when he had guests, everything in his trunk because his kid would just steal. He, just, he would go into purses and steal. And he'd tell people, give me your purse. Give me your coat. I'll put it in the truck. Well, no, we didn't have to do that with our son. Well, I don't have kids, so I don't know what I'd do for sure, but I could certainly foresee circumstances under which I would put some kind of spy thing on there. I certainly would occasionally monitor Internet use because kids get dragged into things that they can't handle pretty quickly, especially junior high age kids like Jill and Yasmin. Um, and in this case, the fact that they had the spy stuff on there is what enabled Mike to trace his son down to um, the Bronx or wherever they were in New York. Had he not done that, you know, who knows what would have happened. Well, I'm glad that I, that, that I missed the uh, all the cell phone stuff. Fortunately, that didn't come along until later. With all these smartphones and stuff. I don't know how you. I don't know how you control. Other, other than, I mean, obviously, the the short answer is you just don't get them one. But uh, we we did have that cyber patrol stuff on our computers to keep them from going to sites and stuff but uh we weren't spying so that was more of a preventive kind of thing leela and marcia you two have been pretty quiet do you have anything to add hey leela i meant to say hello Are you you're buffering ali you want to try it again uh leela the deal is the deal is I don't is I don't have have a computer. Oh, you're using your iPhone. Yeah, it's buffering right now. If I could share one quick story, and then you know, if you don't mind, and I think I read it somewhere, where uh, this girl had been corresponding with a teenager, told uh, she thought was a teenager, told her whole life. You know, I'm going soccer to the soccer game tomorrow. I'm my mom. We live at such and such, and they were home. The parents and the girl of the family and a door. Guy knocked at the door. He walked in. He said, "You're lucky. I'm a policeman. I've been I've been corresponding with you for two months. I know everything about your family, young lady. Be careful. Don't ever do that again." And the girl was decent. And thank God it was with a cop. And they, they didn't get in trouble. But he said, "This is we just. This is what you get. You know, they're low. They're just they're eager to tell everything about their family, where they live." everything and he said I, he was going to meet her in the park but he didn't show up and she went home and he followed her and told the parents about it not to get her in trouble but to warn her i thought that was a pretty good article that i read yeah i read the same article and, and it was very interesting i'm sorry folks i've just i've been on the phone i just got off so i've been sort of following along here but uh, that's why i haven't said much how did you guys feel about the extreme violence with the scenes with nash because I, I found those extremely unpleasant to read, and I think he could have just said he killed him or he tortured him to death or something without the detail. Well, I don't know. Maybe I'm weird, Sherry, but, um, you know, that, that kind of thing usually doesn't bother me. Now, I've read a couple of books where it really got to me, 
one of them being uh, a book by uh, uh, Dean Kuntz. Um, oh, I can't even remember. Now I can't. I was. I can't remember the name of the book. Intensity or something like that. But this one didn't didn't bother me. Um, but the violence, violent descriptions don't ordinarily bother me. Yeah, I would have preferred less detail on that. I, I mean, I, it, it, it didn't bother me too badly, but I, I'm not a big fan of uh, uh, of psycho wackos and stuff. But uh, uh, he, he could have paired it back a little bit, and it, and it would have been fine. Yeah, I did that. I thought Reacher had trained me about violence and torture. He wouldn't even do that. But uh, I thought it was pretty bad. I, I was glad. To, I mean, I was glad to get through it. I felt terrible that people do that to each other, but they do. And there was no reasoning with him. And Marianne never didn't know what hit her. And he says, I'll get the information out of you. And uh, she fought him. I mean, meaning I won't tell you, but you will eventually. And the girl was really a psycho. I guess her family was killed. Where in Vietnam? Where was it? I don't know. They were killed in front of her. Her husband. Horrible things were done to him. And she was she was gone. And when the police did catch up with her, she told all. Yeah, I I I was afraid they were going to have more violence. I was glad they had a little as they did, but. Uh... Some of these prey books by Stan, is it Stanford or Sanford, uh, by Minnesota, they they get pretty violent. And I thought I got pretty used to it, but I I, I just I don't need that. <laughs> yeah, I think Patriot was maybe someplace like Bosnia or some, somewhere over somewhere over in that part of the world. But uh, the thing that was so that was I mean we didn't know it at the time, but he was killing those women, and it was such a, I mean. When push came to shove, at the end of the day, it was such a uh, like a minor. I mean, he wasn't like trying to get revenge or anything. I mean, he had a brother-in-law that was, uh, you know, who had gotten hoodwinked by somebody with a tape, I guess. But I mean, gee, at the end of the day, I couldn't believe what. I mean, he was he was just a wacko and killing people for for next to nothing. That, that that's what's the most disturbing part of the whole thing. That people can really do stuff like that. That's like he was just looking for an excuse to to kill people like that. And I agree with you, Marsha. I I really like Dean Koontz a lot, but there are a few of his books I I had to quit. He has a he can write some really disturbing stuff. One thing else I liked about this book is that Tremont character, that policeman that started out to be such a a, a pig in the beginning and such a chauvinist. I thought it was really neat how he kind of came around and helped with the investigation at the end and came in with some clues, and, and they just sort of reconciled. I thought that that was really well written. Oh, I agree. I thought he handled that. It would be easy to kick him out, but he was a good detective, and he worked with Muse till his he's going to retire, and maybe it was time. Copeland, how about the, the way they portrayed I guess he's the politician, but he set him up. You know, He and, uh, and Muse figured it out after a while that he's setting him up here, uh, uh, Tremont, whatever his, his name is. Uh yeah, I yeah I I go back to that torture. I just especially when you you don't know. Uh, oh, somebody said something about the tape, and I wanted to correct you, uh, but I can't remember what it was. Oh well, uh, that that oh yes, uh, Marianne remember did the tape with Joe. She set him up, and uh, they had a tate a tate or whatever, and she had cameras going, and uh, but she had decided she wasn't going to do anything with it, but. But Nash didn't know that. Yeah, right, right. That, 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 that's right. But uh, uh, I've lost what I was going to say. Uh, sorry. Yeah, I agree. The violence <clears throat> was a bit much. I there were. I actually found myself fast forwarding it a little bit because it was just starting to get to me. I was never really bothered by that but lately it seems like certain books it has bothered me more i'm just noticing that i know what i was gonna say i i, I too like the way that they they kind of redeemed uh tremont a little bit toward the end and i have a tendency a lot of times you know, nobody in life it's it's, it's people are never black and white and it, it's easy sometimes with the books to you know, throw a character. He's either all bad or all good. And it was it was nice that 
that she made that that Tremont guy look like a you know, like a real person, and he and you know brought out a good point, and he he came up with that idea about the about buying the car uh, over the, over the internet or something uh, something like that, and uh, th- th- that was good. He actually uh, he actually showed that he he had some good good qualities too. Oh, that and that's really what I appreciate. That's what I like about Reacher. He starts thinking and analyzing and looking at the person, and uh, uses his head. Violence. We know he knows how. They know how to do that. We know they do, you know. But when he's thinking about, let me think here. Let me look at this guy. You know, it's it's. I mean, I'm reading Lightning also by Dean Koontz that I like. Anyway, um, I was going to say something else, but uh, it went away from me. Sorry. Yeah, let me. Nope, it's not back. Oh, Lightning's one of my favorite Dean Koontz books. Um, but back to this. Oh, I was going to ask if anybody's read any of Harlan Coben's um, Myron Somebody series. It's a whole mystery series about, a, I think, a sports writer or something. I read one of them, and I don't know that it was the first one necessarily. The one I read was, I think, called In the Woods, and it was also very good. And that guy was a really good character. I'm not usually a mystery reader, but I did enjoy that, and I think I could probably get into that series. I want to. I, I remember now, and then we'll. I, I want to hear Alan reel off some of these Harlan Coben books. He's really a good reader, as you all are. Uh, hold tight. Explain the title to me. I mean, I know what the words mean. Hold tight means. Uh, oh, I hope they won't kill Guy and Jill, uh, Jill and everybody, or what? I was thinking maybe it it, it it referred to the parents maybe trying to hold a little too tight to their their kids and stuff with the with the spine and stuff, but I'm not sure. Yeah, My, Myron Bolitar is that that sports writer character. I've read one of them too. I've got several of them, but but I guess I I wasn't just totally bowled over. I guess I read the first one in the series, and sometimes that can be a mistake because a lot of times they get better as they go, and uh, uh, there's got to be at least eight or nine of those I think that uh, that he's written. I think Hold Tight came from uh, somebody, I don't, don't ask me which character, because I don't remember. Maybe it was Adam. It, it, it may have been Adam or, or his buddy. Which is, uh, but I believe it referred to a poem or something. They read some lines from a poem, and it was Hold Tight something something. Maybe somebody else can help clarify that. But it was, it was a reference to something, and I do believe it was a poem. Could it have been something Spencer said when he was killing himself or something? No, something that Adam... Wait, they talked on the phone, though, didn't they? Adam wasn't there when he was... They called, he called him, and I... Yeah. Oh, maybe you think Adam told Spencer, hold tight? Could be... I don't remember the poem, Marcia, but... Um, anyway, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Uh, you know, I, I held tight all through the book, really. But Spencer going out was okay. The question I wanted to ask too is, do you see Mike? We we're just we don't know. Mike and Tia are they just gonna let they're, they're gonna ease back and let Jill make mistakes? Not not supervise her very much, or um, how do you do it? Alan made a good point. Spying is really extreme spyware, but how do you do it when the teenagers have double lives? They'll they'll tell you, I'm going to uh, my friends, and the friend covers. And everybody, and a lot of these parents are out of town, you notice. You know, uh, the officer who was, I don't remember his name, DJ's father was a terrible guy. He knew something was coming down, and he defended his son. You know, he was awful. They, I, I hope they catch him and suspend him, kick him off the force. But I wonder if Mike and Tia are going to ease back. Adam's under, in therapy, as I remember, you know, but that doesn't mean, I wonder if they're going to ease back on them. That's what I'm trying to say, and won't get to the spyware anymore. How do you develop trust? How does Adam and Jill develop trust and vice versa? I think they said at the end of the book, Mike and Tia, that they were taking all the spyware off of Adam's computer, if I remember right. I really liked Mike and Tia, too. So many times in books they have a husband and wife who you know, end up splitting up over all this conflict and stuff, and these guys stayed strong and stayed united and all that kind of stuff. As far as Jill goes, man, um, with what she's done so far with the computer, I'd be watching what she's doing online pretty close. <laughs> You're right. Real quick, I know I'm talking too much. We read a book in, was it Worlds of Books? The Devil Wears Prada. And it was about a terrible boss, okay? what? Are, nobody's mentioned the lady lawyer. The lawyer, remember, Tia was on a deposition. 
She learns her husband's in the hospital. And the lawyer to the living in says, I have a limo right out of the side of the station. Go and do it. And Tia stood her ground and says, I'm not going. Then you're fired. What do you think of her, though? She was a good lawyer when she helped Mike, you know, and all that. But any thought? I don't remember her name. Any thoughts on that lawyer? That reminded me of The Devil Wears Prada, if you've read the book. I was actually going to mention that lawyer. I wanted to choke her when she tried to make Tia do the deposition anyway. But, yeah, she was really a good lawyer. And she stuck to her guns, though, when it was all over. And Tia ended up having to look for another job, which I don't think that was right. But that that was her. And... She was an excellent lawyer. I would have wanted somebody like her in my corner if I was in trouble. I kind of agree with uh, Randy. I, I wouldn't want to work for that lawyer. Uh, but I, if I were in trouble, I, I, she'd be the one I'd want. Uh, Adam, I was a little upset with Adam. That's where I got upset with Adam. He's there and he wouldn't talk. He's, he's complaining to his father about him. Spying on him, yet he's he's there in a police station, about to be locked up, and he's he's worried about that. So I I, I kind of that kind of bothered. Whatever happened to Rose at the thing? Did she act? Was she actually an innocent party that got hooked into this, or did she? Or I just wondered because, or did she start out running a an operation from the beginning, selling drugs? Uh, 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 I think she was a little tainted, but I, I mean, I, I think she really had the right intentions to begin with. But I think she was, she was more involved on the on the bad angle with with, with selling the drugs toward the end there than she was letting on to Mike. I think she was trying to trying to make herself look better so she could avoid uh, uh, going to the slammer. I think, but yeah, that that lawyer, I loved her name, Hester Kremstein. That's a great name. Oh, I did, too. Now it comes back. Don, I think Rose had a dual life. She lied about she, you know, about her, her brother and the whole thing. Remember they found out that she was a liar, that she'd been in trouble. Then, for whatever reason, the safe house was a good concept, but it went over her head. You, you don't give out drugs when you're having drinks and, you know, lemonade and all that for the teenagers and uh, knowing they're handing out drugs left and right because, because I don't want to hassle them. This is a free world, you know. I know the theory. Some people say, oh, anything goes in my house. My kids drink in my house because if they don't, they'll drink other places and all that. But my parents didn't let, let us do it. I can guarantee you that. They, they, if they knew we did other places, we didn't do it there. I remember getting a place closed down once when I was a social worker. I walked in. There was stomp out stumblers, and they were stumbling around in there. So I t- turned them into the war on poverty people and <laughs> closed it down. And I would imagine Rose got in some trouble. We, I don't recall, you know, that they told us, but the FBI was hot on her trail. I needed Adam's help and Mike, and uh, they they weren't. Was Mike wired? I don't I don't remember at the end. I can't remember. I forget who was wired, but somebody was. And by the end, you knew that Rosemary and and all those other guys were were going to be in deep trouble. I think it's possible she started out with good intentions, like a safe place to hang out, but. She clearly let the drugs continue once they started, and then she clearly um, was selling them to get money for the to keep the club open and stuff like that. So she kind of had mixed motives, but she definitely let herself be dragged into it. I have to apologize, but I've got to run, and I really loved everybody's discussion tonight. And uh, maybe somebody can, uh, uh, or maybe Randy, you could post me what we're going to be reading for next month. Send me an email or something, but I'll look for it on the uh, the list. But everybody have a great weekend, and thanks for everybody's comments. I, I enjoyed it as always. Great, Alan, and um, maybe I'll write you about Coben, the, the right books to read. I mean, I I'm going to read more from. I like him. We know about seven eight one five zero, so I'm going there. Yeah, his books are good. I've read a few, and I'm I want to read more myself. But yeah, I agree. I think Rosemary did have good intentions in the beginning, but she sure got off track in the end. I noticed Leela's back. Do you want to try your microphone again, Leela? Is that is that better? I'm actually using data because we're resetting them. A little bit, but you are buffering. I'm sorry. Problem. 
At least I can stay and listen. Well, I'm so glad you're here. We all are. Yeah, it's nice to see you here. It's been a while. What did you guys think of Betsy Hill and her husband? I thought it was well written how they both dealt with Spencer's suicide differently. And it was really commendable how they came forward at the end to kind of give Adam permission to rat Spencer out. Oh, Sherry, thanks for bringing them up. I love Betsy and even Ron by the end. Everybody you deal with death, with grief in your own way. That's what I got from COVID, and I've known that. And Betsy, you know, they were going to break up. I think they have a chance now. And they came in at the end. They said, wait a minute, there are two people you want to see. And they told them, that they relieved Adam's guilt. They said, it's okay. We forgive you. We understand. And I thought that was beautiful. I had tears in my eyes on that one. Yeah, I think that was my favorite part of the book there in the interrogation room at the end when they came in. And that that was, you're right, it was it was beautiful. Um, I, I really, I really liked the way that, uh, that, uh, Ron and Betsy stepped up and uh, were able to overcome what they went, you know, pretty much. Well, I don't even mean it that way. They, they, they managed to come through for, for Adam, and um, you'd think that that would help with their healing, too, from uh, Spencer's suicide. Yeah, I agree. That was one of the high points of the book for me because Adam was so reluctant to say anything he kept saying it doesn't matter it doesn't matter nobody will believe me and I really thought they were going to break up because Ron was they they were just so different and yeah everybody does handle grief differently but I really thought they would break up in the end but boy it was sure nice that they pulled through for Adam and then when Betsy came over and she wanted to hear the message that Spencer left on Adam's cell phone. That was a step, a big step for her. But going back to Susan, then she was just, she was attractive. And we didn't know, you know, all the guys were looking at her, obviously. But uh, yeah, I guess they had to, it's just another twist that the brother was the father and Joe is and Joe had as the uncle could provide the kidney for Luke, I guess. Yeah, I think it's like Alan said earlier, maybe it was a way to kind of redeem Joe at the end. Oh, they didn't because I think he knew exactly it should have been Joe that called the police, not little Jill. Joe should have done it. He figured out what Nash is doing. He's not, you know, he sees Marianne is missing. You know, he knows Marianne. No, I can't forgive Joe. I think I'm even though he's a Sadly, was a teacher. <laughs> He's a disgrace as a human being. I agree, and he—he he was just such a wimp, and I didn't think much of his wife either. Yeah, I don't think that it did redeem him in the end, even though he did that. Because I, I totally agree with you guys. I—I I didn't like either one of those two. Now, who asked for him to lead the blood drive? Was was that just another twist that he gave his blood so they could get the DNA? Remember, uh, I forget who came to him. Was it uh, Betsy? Or who said, would you lead the blood drive? Oh, no, everybody hates me. And then he said, okay, I'll do it. And he gave blood right there. I thought Susan asked him to do it because Susan knew he was a popular teacher. And I didn't think, I thought he never did get around to giving blood until the end there. Oh, I thought he gave it when the nurse was right there, either in the house or the nurse was right there and he gave it. But I could be wrong. And they got the DNA and they started connecting everybody up, the brother, uh, Joe, and Lucas, Luke. It was at the end when the nurse came, when Susan, Susan did ask him at the school I think, and then she showed up on his doorstep because she knew that it was his brother. She, because she asked him about his family members and if he had had anybody die recently. And when he said his wife, or he said his sister, and then she said, "Is that the only one?" And he said, "No, my brother." And he, and then, and she. That's when she had him donate because 
he figured out, you know, he knew that his brother was the one that had raped her. Okay, but she didn't trick him into it. He just knew. He knew what he should do, give the blood. Uh, he, she didn't. He didn't. Tr- she didn't trick him by saying, "How about heading the blood drive?" And and since you're going to do it, you give the blood first. I think she asked him like early in the book because he was popular. But at the end, I mean, she must have known who she killed, their last name, and so all along she must have known that this was his brother. But they didn't really say that. I didn't think that Joe knew that she had killed that she had been raped by his brother though did he or did i miss something no i didn't either i didn't think joe knew that that's that's what i'm saying i'm wondering if it was i thought the blood drive i don't mean to belabor it but that the school blood drive was near the end it was at joe's house at the end and how would you like to have the blood drive he says no they all hate me you know yeah but you could do it do it for me lucas you know we're trying to save him and he said okay and then the nurse i have a nurse right here let's do it and I don't know if that's Susan's way of getting the blood, the DNA, to make sure that the connection was all there. Yeah, you're right. That was how it was because he, when he answered the door and he, when he realized it was her, he said, I've been relieved of my teaching duties. You really don't think I'm the one to lead the drive now, do you? And she said, oh, but yeah, oh, you are, you know. And No, I don't think he knew that his brother raped her. But maybe he, in the back of his mind, he figured it out. I don't know. But they never really said. They say his brother died from a robbery. That's how he thought his brother died. Hopefully, I'm- Yeah, Lila, I think you're right. I think everybody did think the brother died as a robbery because he was shot in a hotel room or something like that. And, Bob, you're right. That did happen right at the end where she showed up with a nurse and stuff. I was thinking she had asked him earlier to do it, and he didn't do it. But, yeah, she did show up at his house at the end because I think she knew he was the right one. Oh, that's what I love about these groups here. That nobody has it all because the plot's so complex. And I wish I'd have read the book yesterday. I might have had it better for you. But I figured I better read it immediately or I won't get to it. And I'm glad I did. Yeah, I read it about a month ago myself because I wanted to read it so so much that I just couldn't wait. So I read it. And certain parts are, even though I had to skim through it again, it was such a complex plot are we going to read one in december randy i don't mean to close it down you can talk all night if you want well that's up to you guys i i'm not planning to be here but it's up to you guys if you want to can do one or we can do a longer book for january it's up to you i won't be in town. I, I, I think this is awfully close to the 21st, you know. It's, it's, I, that's awfully close to Christmas. Yeah, it would be the 19th that we would meet. And so I just want to take the take a break, and it's the holidays, and just enjoy the holidays. But if everybody wants to do one, you can. It's entirely up to you. That's fine with me to wait till January. Did you have a book in mind for January? Yeah, good question. Yeah, Randy, I if I knew I was going to be home, I would help you out there. You've helped me so much. But I don't promise you. God knows with Christmas parties coming up, and I know the day before we have a big dinner, and I don't want to promise what's going on. My wife's a social secretary, and so the answer is I can't help you. Would you have any thoughts for January, Randy? Is it a lengthy book that we could start now? I have an idea for one. It's a little, it's longer. It's about 20-some hours. Um, it's a family story. Has anybody read The Shoemaker's Wife? Nope, doesn't, <clears throat> pardon me, doesn't sound familiar. Not at all. Okay, I would have to look up the DB number and everything, but it's about, it's one of those books that starts out, in the early 1900s, maybe even late 1800s, I don't remember. And it starts out, it's two families, two, they live in Italy, and they, the, 
there's a boy and a girl who meet when the girl has to bury her brother or sister and they meet and they become friends but then they lose touch because of different circumstances and they both end up in America in different um for different they both end up coming the boy has to leave Italy abruptly and the girl comes with her father and different things happen and they do end up meeting up again it's one of those epic family kind of novels and like I said it's it's around 20 some hours well if you're giving us a couple of months though or at least yeah it should we ought to have a shot at it and you always have you guys you have picked some great books lately so I don't know. Do you know the author? And it's all in Italy, is that it? I've got it here on Bard. I'm trying to paste it into the chat window. Um, hold on a second, I'll get it. Just repeat the DB number. I'll, I'll be okay if you do that. It's an Italian author. It's Adriana Trigiani. And I read this book a couple years ago, and I thought it was just so well written because you can you really get a sense of everything you can it's very descriptive and the way it's written and um i've read some of her other books and just haven't been able to get into them as much but this was one that i really enjoyed and it's slower but i thought with a couple months it would be something we could do so Bob you're not you may not be you may not get into this one right away because it is a little bit slower but I think it's good the DB number is 74522 and I'll put it in the chat window okay it sounds good let's try it and uh, we'll all be back in January so everybody have a very happy and enjoyable holiday season called the shoemaker's wife or shoemaker the shoemaker's wife um and yeah we'll meet on january 16th so that gives us almost two months so everybody have a happy holiday season and we'll see you next year thanks randy this looks like a good one